This is a HeadGum Original. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Bilbo Baggins? Uh, yes? I am looking to hire a burglar. Burglar? I'm afraid you've come to the wrong place. You mean you do not wish to share a grand adventure? Dear me, no. We hobbits are plain quiet folk. Adventures make one late for dinner. Enough. I am Gandalf. And Gandalf means me. Gandalf? The wandering wizard. The same. To dungeons, dismantlers. We must away at break of day to seek the pale enchanted Foreign and company at your service. Dwalin, Balin. Keely, Feely, Dory, Nori, and Ori. Owen, sir, and Glowin, sir. Call him Biffa and him Baffa. And, uh, Bamboo at your service. We are all at your service. Chip the glasses, crank the plates. That's what Bilbo Baggins hates. That's what Bilbo Baggins hates. So carefully, carefully with the plates. Blunt the knives and bend the forks. Smash the bottles, burn the corks. That's what Bilbo Baggins hates. So carefully, carefully with the plates. Well, I'm Nicole Byer. I'm Lauren Lapkus. And this is Newcomers, and we watched The Hobbit from 1977. It's animated. It certainly is. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the 10th episode of our second season. We are working our way through everything's Lord Lord of the Rings. Everything's Lord of the Rings. And we're getting help from nerds if they so want to be called super fans sometimes even people who've contributed to the franchise and yeah we've watched both the lord of the rings we've watched the hobbit trilogies we watched the tolkien biopic last week which by the way 
brutal. And we're going to be revisiting more fan fiction. We already wrote some fan fiction. We're going to get into video games and spinoffs and more. But yeah, today we watched The Hobbit and it's... um. Okay, so it's available to rent for mm-hmm. two ninety nine on Amazon and YouTube, and it was also on HBO Max, I think. Yeah, which was really nice that I didn't have to pay to watch this. It was. It was really <laughs> nice. Um, so just so you know, um, we spoilers at this point are fair game. So if you do care about that kind of stuff, you need mm-hmm. to go back and listen to the old episodes and catch but up. But honestly, how dare you be this deep into the podcast and be like, they're spoiling things. How dare you? Ten episodes fully. deep and you're getting angry? <laughs> you honestly also can't. I think there's a rule in society that you can't get angry about spoilers from things that came out ten years ago or more. It's like, <laughs> I, I definitely do it. Like, I just saw who was the killer or whatever on Gossip Girl. And I was like, come on. That's very funny. Wait, the killer? Do you mean the gossip girl? The gossip girl. Uh, See, I've never seen it. (laughs) And you're mad about it? And I'm mad. This is peak society to get mad over a show you've never seen. I would have watched it and be like, well, when's he going to start killing people or whatever? (laughs) I'll tell you something. The person who ends up being the gossip girl is so unexpected and it's, it's not true to, I think, the original version of the series. I don't think it's the vision of the creator, who I believe is somebody Schwartz. I don't remember his first Josh Schwartz. I don't think it was his vision. We are, we're really good at fact checking. Now, what do you mean? Was there a new one or what What did he do? He wrote so a book? So he, it was based on a book. Okay, I smell our next, our next I mean, season. I would watch <laughs> I've only seen the first season. I would watch the rest of Gossip Girl. <laughs> oh, my God. And talk about every single episode. <laughs> I would absolutely do it. But the like the beginning of the series and then by the end, when you find out who the Gossip Girl is, you're like, this doesn't align with what we started. And then little Jenny, she gets into makeup and starts a rock band off the show. But then she quit the show. It's it's a good it's a good it's it's fun. I I'm intrigued, honestly. And when I saw the spoiler tweet, I was like, I was just going to watch that. Not true. Um, But with the Tolkien biopic, um, we I think we really hated that. Right. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. Like, I don't uh, think people need to watch that. I feel like if you're even if you're a huge diehard fan of all this stuff, it didn't give you the stuff you want. Like there was no good info. No, not at all. It didn't give you any bits of him really writing. It was just like. Him coming up with languages and flirting with a bushy-haired, uh, uh, what is her name? Lily. She's Emily uh, in Collins. Paris. Yeah, Lily Collins. Have you been watching Emily in Paris? Have I been? I watched it all within like 10 hours. Lauren, <laughs> I've never loved something so bad. Like, it's bad, but like, I love it. Well, last time we discussed how I auditioned to play Emily, which I think is kind of hilarious for many reasons. Yes, yes, yes. I remember I think you could have done it. Look, I believe in myself, but I feel like the vision clearly was there for Lily. And that's great. And I watched it all in, in a flash. And it was it was one of those things where you can't stop watching. I was like, yes. I mean, I honestly would be happy if there was a second season right now. Same. I would be so excited. I don't know if we talked about this last week, but my favorite thing that was said was, did we talk about the Bon Appetit moment? I don't remember. So Mindy, her best friend, uh, so the, 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 what's his name? The chef puts down something. He goes, bon appetit. And then she goes, bon appetit, my teat. And I was like, that's not a pun. No. It's not sexual. It's not a pun. But I do want you to bon appetit on my teat. (laughs) See, that's better. That's a great punch up. Yeah, I would have liked. I think you would have just really, 
really sword on that shore. shore. It could have been shore? really. Show. I would have sword on the shore. <laughs> and I think we need to bring our guest in because I feel yes. like he's going to have some opinions on all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we're so excited for our guest today. It's Oscar Montoya. He is the host of Spanish Hockey Presents and Inside the Disney Disney Vault podcast. So welcome, Oscar. Hi. Hi. Did you watch Hi. Emily in Paris? I know it's not what we're here to talk about. Listen, I am wearing a beret, but <laughs> I have not seen Emily in Paris. <laughs> we are using Zoom filters to it's the extreme fun. right now, and it's making it so awesome. Also, like, I feel like I like I feel dumb because I just discovered them. Uh, I just huh? discovered them, too. I didn't really know what was happening when I started clicking around and, and everything took off. And I'm just so thrilled. <laughs> It Damn. makes me very, very happy. It's great. It's truly the way Oscar, to talk I on I need Zoom. you to watch Emily in Paris. Okay. You have Can someone to. give me like a, just a brief dis- like description of that show? Yes. Okay. Or is it impossible? No, 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 no. It's, it's totally possible. It's very possible. So Emily works in Chicago. Her boss is supposed to go to Paris. Her boss gets pregnant. So then they send her to Paris instead because I guess pregnant people can't get on planes. That, I had a real problem with that. So did I. I was like, this is easily solved. She just That can't goes, be true. Yes, it is. It's literally and the character is played by Kate Walsh. And she's like this. She's supposed to be like she speaks French. Mm -hmm. She's like amazing in all these ways. She's like amazing at the company they work at. Mm -hmm. And then she gets pregnant and she's like, I think I shouldn't go. And then they (laughs) give it to a really young and experienced person who doesn't speak French and didn't even do Duolingo. She didn't do nothing to prepare. Yeah. And then she just kisses everybody. She kind (laughs) of makes messes. And then like Sylvie, I think is her boss who does not like her. And she walks with her, her arms in a way that makes me think her wrists might be broken. Mm. Both of them. Both of them. She's a little T-Rex. You gotta go back. She's like a T-Rex human. She is a T-Rex. She's wearing (laughs) fabulous shoes and fabulous clothes all the time. Um, I gotta say, what is her name? Patricia Field lost her mind on this show. Everybody looks amazing. Oh, did she do the costumes? Yes. Oh yeah. They are really good. Okay, so for that, I mean, you should have just said that. Baby, I'm watching it's the by it's by great. um what's Darren his name star. Darren star who did sex in the city mm-hmm. and so it's like definitely has oh. that energy um but the character is really young so it's not that same sort of vibe of like someone who's been through a lot of stuff and you mm, know mm, mm. um is leading the way this feels mm-hmm. very devil wears prada ish in a way it 100%. is, it is. Yeah. yes okay it's fun it's really fun but we're gonna take a hard turn right now and we're gonna go- <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go into a different topic even though i think we all could talk about emily in paris and just the idea of watching it for a full mm-hmm. hour but <laughs> oscar how did you become a lord of the rings fan okay so um i have a confession to make i haven't really seen any of the lord of the rings oscar. i've seen i've seen okay wait so i have seen uh-huh. one of them i've seen okay. one of them and i think it might have been the two towers they're tree people walking around. Can I say I was I was surprised you were a fan. So I'm now I'm not because you're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I will say this. Mm-hmm. I am a huge fan of the animated wow. versions of the Lord Interesting. of the Rings. Interesting. Versions. There's more than oh, one. No. Girl, what? I didn't know. I don't we know. Did, I didn't know that either. Oh. I thought it was just the animated Hobbit. It, there's the anime. That's the that's the one people know. Uh, the most but then there's they have done the other ones that are animated and the animated oh. style varies wildly from each movie <laughs> okay and like, so wildly what is it about the animated ones that 
that you has made it so you don't even want to watch the other ones. Like, I feel like if you had that interest, you might be interested in watching the other ones. Yeah, I think, well, for me, it was very much the visual aesthetic that really resonated with me. I watched it at an early age. Um, you know, I probably, I'll be honest. I probably didn't know what the fuck was going on when I was watching the movies. Cause I was like, the hell is this? Um, but the animations were really cool. I've never seen cartoons drawn that way. Mm-hmm. With so much detail and uh, so much um, uh, wrinkles. <laughs> yes, yes, everybody had a lot of wrinkles. Even Gandhi. Very authentic. I was very upset about that. Yes. Yes, especially Gandhi. Like, he was, he was like, he looked like a fucking used up curtain to me. I was <laughs> like, yo, what? But there was something really nice about the, just the way it was animated. The animation, the, I mean... This is very polarizing, but the songs, they slap, babe. They slap. Wow. Okay. In my opinion, okay. to me, I was very much like, okay, this slaps. And also, come on, when you compare one Hobbit animated movie to what? Two live action Hobbit movies? Three, Three my friend. There pie. was three and honestly I quit. I quit. watching why? this animated why? one i was like why did they do three why on <laughs> earth the, the story was it's, wrapped up yes. in those 78 minutes yes. which i was aware of every one of them <laughs> and i really i couldn't believe Wait, are that you they, guys they, are you guys serious three i thought it yeah. was two yes no, no. there no, are three it's a and they, solid nine hours they stretch it out in a way where you're like Oh, nothing happens in any of these movies. Yeah. Like this little animated thing, I was like, oh, okay, that's the story. It made me angry. I know. Oh my God. Okay, well, on Off Book, the podcast where they improvise the musical, you were on episode 119, which oh is called Lord God. of the Stops, Fellowship wow. of the Pots. <laughs> I completely now, forgot I did that. How much of your Hobbit and Lord of the Rings knowledge did you bring into that episode? If you could you remember. Know, I'll be honest, very little. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very little. Um, actually, Zach and uh, Jess, Jessica did a lot of the uh, references and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, like a good improviser, I just yes anded a lot <laughs> of what, what you they gotta said. do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm so impressed mm-hmm. by them and their ability to remember things. It's They're truly just like incredible. encyclopedias. Yes, Jess is an encyclopedia. Yeah. Like, what? So is Zach. But like being on it, I was on a team with Jess for such mm-hmm. a long time. And we would say a reference and she immediately knew it. Always impressed by her. I yeah. mean, love I them both. And and to be able to not only get the reference, but to play that reference yes. is because that's one thing to be like, I know a specific laugh, 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 and then be like, mm-hmm. move on, move on. That's all I know. Yes. And mm-hmm. then it's another thing to be like, here's a reference. And let me like deep dive into a 20 minute scene about this. And, and like, make it what? musical with yes. like a genre that makes sense yes. or something. I don't, I don't even funny. understand. It's funny. It's so wild. They're witches, whatever. They're witches. Yeah, they're witches, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, but you have your your podcast inside the Disney vault. And yes. so where are you in your journey with that? Because you guys are watching all of the Disney movies? Yeah, so like our quest was to watch every single Disney animated movie in chronological order. And we did Dang. that. Oh my Dang. God. And then we moved on to uh, season two where we did Pixar. And that was uh. quick because there hasn't been a lot. And now we're doing every single Disney Channel original movie. Yeah. That's fucking oh my god! Order. Have you gotten to motocrossed? Yes, I <laughs> love motocross. And let me tell you something: I am I am like the skeptic of the trio. Like mm-hmm. Claire and Rachel, like they they're big Disney like nerds. They love it. 
I'm a little like new to it. I've never seen mm-hmm. a decom in my life. And there are a lot of bad ones. Like, yeah, bad. But motocross. Motocross is great. Lauren, I did not like I did not like Halloween Town. I did not like Halloween Town. Sorry. Oh, I don't know That's if I've fair. seen Halloween Town. It's it's cute to watch. It's I think you should watch. watch it for Halloween. Yeah, maybe I will. I've seen Hocus Pocus like four times oh, this month Oh, hell yeah. I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it. I'm saving it for like a little closer. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> a little treat closer to Halloween. I just don't really feel the vibe <laughs> after the 20th. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what, what do you prefer? Like the Hobbit or like a Disney cartoon? Like, would mm-hmm. you still pick the Hobbit over that? You know, I would. I would pick, a, I would pick the Hobbit over... Uh, Disney film and over I would say I would pick oh this is tough would I pick The Hobbit over my favorite Disney animated movie Hmm. which is The Emperor's New Groove for me wow it's so perfect I I haven't seen since I was a kid I don't know if I've seen it at all Nicole I don't know that and Hercules are the two that I miss I mix them up interesting wait you mix them up yeah, I do because I feel like they have a similar drawing style. They do, I think. They do, they do. And I have barely seen them. Yeah. Hercules is a full on musical and Emperor's New Groove is not. Oh. Mm. There's no there's only one song in Emperor's New Groove and it's sort of like making fun of itself. It's like sort of a self-aware like I, I love it. It's great. It's fantastic. Eartha Kitt plays a villain. Yes, that I remember and I remember liking that. She's, but I don't think so I've right. seen the movie. I think I've just seen like clips of it. Oh yeah. You you have to. All it's right, fantastic. I'll do it. That. It's fantastic. But I feel like I have seen that. I, I don't know. The Hobbit is up there for me. It's like so unique. There ha- it's there is nothing like The Hobbit for me. And I know actually because I watched The Hobbit when I was like so young. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen it since. And rewatching it, I still loved it, and I love it very much, and I'll defend it. However, I do I I realize how it could be sort of odd upon first watching because mm-hmm. y'all have have you seen The Hobbit before the animated version? Nothing no. animated now. And um, any takes any hot takes about the animated uh, movie? Ooh. I just okay. <laughs> My the thing I liked, I'll do my likes first. I liked how short it was. I liked oh to the God. point. Mm-hmm. You know, the scenes ended and I knew we weren't coming back to it. But that being said, I found it a little low energy. Well, come on, there's like a full-on Cat Stevens esque like singer who's like slowly bringing us through like his hobbit. <laughs> And has because her habit does. I was like, K. Um, but but I did kind of I thought I was gonna love it in the mm-hmm. sense that I love how it looks and I mm-hmm. did I feel like I've seen it in passing as a kid. Like it was semi-familiar to me. But and I also feel like everyone's been hyping it up so much like this whole time. Like, okay, but are you going to watch the animated one? Okay, but, you know, Mm -hmm. and like so I feel like there was this feeling that it was going to be really good. Mm. And it's I guess it's it's it felt longer than it was. Um, (laughs) Because it's not long. It's It's only an hour 18. Yeah, it's not long. But it was I think partly, you know, it might be because we're coming into it after watching so much content in, in this realm that like. 
it was so distilled down to like a simple story that it, it was mm-hmm. almost annoying. Like what you're saying, like, why did I watch yes. nine and a half hours to tell the same story that was told in one hour with with songs? And they did yeah. have this. They had the dishes song that I liked. Yeah, that was cute. There was parts that were cute. I think we watched them in the wrong order. I think we should have watched the animated Hobbit first appreciated yeah. it and then struggled through the three movies where they broke <laughs> apart this short story. Yeah, that's true. Cause it was cute. But what, what did they, my question is what did they decide to extend in the, I, the thing that I will say, if I will, might note about the animated one is I feel like they could have stretched the battle of the five armies a little bit more. Cause that was very much just like, okay, Mm-hmm. You, if you want want more of that, there is a f- a full film about that, and yeah. it is many hours. And they, I think that's the thing. Like what they did in this animated version is they just made it palatable for kids. Like mm-hmm. okay, see, they did this, then they did that, and they did this. Like in the mm. ones in the in the live action, they like really delve into like okay, they walked mm-hmm. a mountain in real time. Yes, oh, a lot of it is real time, <laughs> oh, and then it's no, like, no, no. will this scary thing hurt us? Let's. Stare at it for a minute. And you're like, I don't know. Like, let's keep going with this fucking story. <laughs> it's so true. Should we? Should we, should we ooh. Jump at the same the time, the Shire Wire. <laughs> this is our new segment. Yes. So Lord of the Rings rumor indicates the Amazon series could include sex scenes. Now, we've been getting tagged on Twitter uh-huh. with this because everyone, because all we want yes. is for people to make We're out more in these so movies. horny. I'm like, just hump once. Like, it's fine. And <laughs> Who are you shipping in this movie? Oh, oh, oh we were boy. shipping. Um, God, we're going to forget everyone's name. And everyone's going to make you guys. Yeah, suck. everyone's going to get mad at us. Um, <laughs> but, so Nick Jonas, the Nick Jonas Hobbit <laughs> in the live action one. And, and then um, what's her name? Who didn't believe COVID was real in the beginning? Yeah. Uh, what is her name? Um, from Resident Evil. Is she the Resident Evil? Evangeline no. Lilly from Lost. Oh. Oh, and yes, we, that's we, who yeah. I'm thinking of, but I don't think she's the resident evil. No, that's Mila Jovovich. Jovovich. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's who we were shipping. We were shipping them because it was a forbidden love. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. Which we and, the and she fairies? was very horny about him. Yes. But we found out that she wasn't even, she was told there would be no love story, right? And then there was. I believe so. And then she's like not even in the Hobbit book. She's just an addition. Yeah, she's a new character. And then they were like, and give her a love that she can't have. Mm-hmm. And don't give her too many lines. And don't give her an arc. <laughs> so Amazon may be adding some unexpected nudity to Middle Earth. Oh, and unexpected. Up- <laughs> an accidental hobbit dong here and there. <laughs> <laughs> Whoop. <laughs> Maybe every song ends with like... Uh, What's his name? Justin Timberlake ripping the armor off someone's breastplate. Yes. Um, I won't let him forget that because I don't understand why Janet was canceled and not. I mean, hey, snaps to that. Thing. Snaps to that. Right? Like it's the weirdest, so wild. most sexist. Yeah. Yes. Because it wasn't. It wasn't her fault. He did that to her. He did the action. And I mean, I'm sure they rehearsed it or whatever. But like, I don't know why she was banned from things. I was like. She didn't do anything. She was the one with the titty. But now that we're older, wouldn't that have been such an exciting Super Bowl? I would have been like yes. screaming. Like, I hate the Super Bowl. Me too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just, <laughs> I feel so weird about adults being like, the kids can't say titties. Kids suck on titties. Right? Can I also, can I say from 
As someone who was born in another country and was raised in another country, tits on TV were normal. <laughs> wow. We would have soap commercials and women would be like no. washing their really? boots. Oh, yes. Damn. Oh, girl. Yes. I mean, that's what you do in the and shower. And it would be nothing. And I'd be like, okay, cool. Yeah. And only when I moved here, it was like this weird, like Americans are fucking weird when it comes to like naked bodies. I know. It's Where we're so repressed. repressed puritanical culture yeah like i don't know i didn't even notice her nipple because it, it had the shield on the it. ring right like a pasty oh. no no it was like a it was a nipple ringish thing but instead yeah. of like a barbell just a barbell there yes. was like a shield a sun shield i think around it was it. a sun oh, so you're you right, couldn't yeah. even see her nipple no, no. That's no, even crazier. But people oh, were foaming goodness. at the mouth trying to hate Truly. on Janet. Like people were like, J-Lo at the Super Bowl. Oh, why did she have a pole? And I was like, because she was in a movie where she played a stripper and there was no nudity. And yep. the, like also pole dancing is so hard. No, being outraged by J-Lo's performance is so stupid. I, she was so they? great. So dumb. Uh, that, yeah, it was so rude. Like, and then... People were shitting on Shakira too because she did yes. she did the Lebanese trill and they were like, "What mm-hmm. the fuck? What's she doing?" And it's like, "No, she's like half Colombian, half Lebanese. Uh-huh. Know your culture. Like, yeah, learn, learn up, Americans. Yeah. Learn up." It's so wild. People love to call stuff out like that though before they know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So just to continue this, a casting call has gone out to gone out for various actors, including those comfortable with nudity. Well, the casting call from the BGT, Big Grand Titties Talent Agency, <laughs> caught the eye of Lord of the Rings fan site, theonering.net. I have a meeting with them on Wednesday. Wish me luck. Good luck. Um, it reads, comfortable with nudity? Up to $500 per day. Use reference nude. We need nude people based in Auckland, age 18 plus, all shapes and sizes. Intimacy guidelines will always be followed on set. Now, that makes me think that the background is supposed to be nude. I think <laughs> yeah. that's what it's going to be. Some naked pair shape Because $500 is not enough. No, not at all. having speaking parts and having a romance. No, but that's like a thing. They do not give you adequate money to showcase your body. Yeah. In, in the society where we repress it, it's so interesting. Like, you'll, you'll have just naked extras walking around, and it's like, they got a day rate. Like, $500? Yeah. That's not enough. Dude, I mean, truly, it is so wild to think about that. It's, it's, and I, well, this is shooting in Auckland, but I'm assuming it's all casting from here, right? Because mm-hmm. it's the, or no, I don't know. But I mean, even that makes me think that it's straight up just extras being naked. Like, these yeah. wood elves are just going to be like titties out. No, like, you're right. It probably is all in Auckland because. All the films are shot there completely. They probably do cast a lot of local people Mm -hmm. rather than... It makes a lot more sense. Interesting. Well, the production also has an intimacy coordinator on its team suggesting that the series could include sex scenes. But see, if you're going to have an... Okay, so let's assume... Because they're saying intimacy guidelines will be followed on set for those people making up to $500 a day. Mm -hmm. Are there going to be some orgies in this? That means you can make less... Lauren. Up to? You could make up to. You have to do extra stuff. Yeah. Depending on how your titties look, you can make like yeah, $20. Yeah, you can make a little bit more. <laughs> They're like, hmm, a hundred. They're like, if you have perky titties, you get a hundred dollars more. Uh, you got a dumpy butt. You only get $62. <laughs> 62 <laughs> ah. 
<laughs> I truly was like going a totally different direction when I started my sentence. And then I was like, I think they're having orgies. But yeah. I don't know. But it, so then I wonder, are there going to be sex scenes with the main characters as well? If they're going to have someone on the team who is an intimacy coordinator. But that's also a fairly new job mm-hmm. that they've brought in since all of the Me Too movement and all mm. of the stuff that they've decided, you know, they've realized that you need to have people on set mm-hmm. who give specific direction in sex scenes and nude scenes about what is going to happen so that everyone is comfortable. And Mm -hmm. it's really important. It's kind of wild that it took so long for that to happen. I know. Cause it's like a director is do, they have like one job to get their shots and they do not, not all directors, but like, their priority is not making you feel comfortable in the scene that they need to get shot by the end of the day to make their day. So it's like, yeah, bringing an outside person to be like, Hey, no, we're not going to shoot this until the actors are comfortable. Totally. And this listing has some fans worrying that the Amazon show may be taking inspiration from uh, game of Thrones, which never shied away from sexual mm, content. That makes and sense. And that fit in with George R. R. Martin's lurid, dark, low fantasy world. And it would be low less at home. Low fantasy world. I don't know what low this. fantasy This sounds means. editorialized, baby. It does. It does have an opinion. It'd wow. be less at home in the chaste high fantasy of J.R.R. <laughs> Tolkien's Middle Earth. Fans likely won't know for sure until the series finally debuts. I, for one, am into it. And I'm interested. Me too. I didn't watch Game of Thrones. I mean, I've seen some of it, but I I don't feel like the sex was enough to like draw me to that. But assuming I'll check this out, I'm a little more intrigued knowing there could be some romance. I'm also very, very intrigued. But I'm more intrigued to find out who wrote this. Me too. I'm telling you, it's, J.R.R. Jr. (laughs) That's interesting. They both have double R's. I know. What if George (gasps) is Tolkien? Oh, hey, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he goes, I'll just make it a J and make it Jorge. (laughs) And we'll never tell anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I wish that was true. That would be the best trick it ever. It would be amazing. No one will then know. That- then he puts on a poncho and he's like, I'm George <laughs> R. Martin. See, I want that Tolkien biopic. <laughs> right? Yeah, let's write that, that journey. <laughs> oh my Should God. Should we take a little break? Let's do it. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little 
uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Ooh, do you want to make your mom smile? Start Mother's Day with flowers or surprise her with gifts from the brand she loves. And guess what? It's delivered with the same day with DoorDash. Get 50% off your next order of up to $15 when you spend $15 plus on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now on DoorDash. And the promo code is NEWCOMERS. Listen, moms are a gift. I know that best. So give her the best this Mother's Day. Select from hundreds of expertly crafted bouquets to the best of tech to self-care essentials delivered right to the door. Get 50% off your next order up to $15 when you spend $15 plus on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now with the code NEWCOMERS. That's NEWCOMERS. Order using DoorDash today. Terms apply. Get a Mother's Day gift as unique as she is with DoorDash. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. And we're back. We're back. So The Hobbit was written by Romeo Mueller, directed by Arthur Rankin Jr. and Jules Bass, and it was released November 27th in 1977. Okay, well, should we walk through our little um, plot line here? Yes. Oh, it's not so little after all. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's pretty long. Well, compared to like the live action, it's like... the yeah, You know what? It's rivaling it. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so here's the plot. So Bilbo Baggins is smoking outside his house. I liked that part when he came out of his house. That and was little, cute. Little rings. Um, When suddenly Gandalf the wizard appears and tells him he wants to hire a burglar. With him are 13 dwarves and their leader, Thorin. And Thorin explains to his fellow dwarves and Bilbo that the evil dragon Smaug stole their treasure in the Lonely Mountain and they need Bilbo to take it back for them. I'll say this. 
it was so clean and I fully understood what was happening. That's what I'll I'll give this uh, animated movie that everything that happened was so clear. I had no questions. And it took what? Five minutes for all of that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. We were in In the movie. Yeah. You better believe it was half the movie. (laughs) They started with a party. (laughs) They set out the next morning and seek shelter. What? Well, the party was Lord of the Rings. But it was the end of The Hobbit. Right. Oh, yes, 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 yes. You're right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Forget it. It's (laughs) we've seen too much. They set out the next morning and seek shelter from a storm in the forest where they see three trolls. Thorin tells Biblo to steal some meat from them. (laughs) However, the trolls, I mispronounced it the first episode and I refuse to say it right. (laughs) The trolls (laughs) catch them and try to eat them until Gandhi returns with the and the sun rises turning the three trolls into stone. Biblo finds their cave and he and Gandhi and Thorin each take a sword. Gandhi suspects that the trolls might have stolen them. He also gives Thorin a map uh, of Lonely Mountain, Erebor, and the key to a secret door into the mountain. Again, this happened so succinct. We run it. We run it. So quick. (laughs) We ain't got time for the run. Oscar, in the first Hobbit movie, that little paragraph Took about 45 minutes. Mm-mm, no. Yeah, Just and I was confused. Yes, you were like, wait, what is happening? Who are these people? So they <laughs> then arrive at. I mean, I'm always In confused. I'm, tr- I'm doing my best. I tell you, yes. I am paying as much attention <laughs> as my brain can handle. Well, here's the thing that I'll say about like Peter Jackson's like filmography he tends to overdo things, to, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Like his stuff is like loud and boisterous and like a, a bit too much. But like for campy horror that works for me, I'm like, how does that translate for these like high fantasy movies? I mean, mm-hmm. I think a ton of people love how in-depth it is. I think for sure yeah. we are we're walking into a whole genre that is kind of unfamiliar to us. So there's a lot to deal with. And then when it's long, we're also like it's long. And then mm-hmm. you know, people are like you're watching your movies. They're going to be long. And I'm like, okay, like get out of my mention. <laughs> yeah. People have been angry with us that we have trouble <laughs> paying attention. Oh my God. Are they angrier with this than star Wars? I yes. I no, think no, so. Yes. I think so. That's why I think, yes, I think that we get more, um, I would call it negative feedback yes. as opposed. It's not, it's not like, totally hateful or no. like scary it's just people going like come on but like i feel like in star wars <laughs> mm-hmm. nobody was really saying anything. I, mean, I think with star wars it was like oh sure there's lots of goofy stuff but i think lord of the rings mm. doesn't really have a sense of humor about itself that's so i don't it. think yeah. the people who love it and revere it have a sense of humor about that's it. that's a good point yeah i think don't get mad at me for saying that internet no, no we're just <laughs> we're just hypothesizing about what's going on um they then arrive at Rivendell in Ladris. I don't know what these parenthetical things are. Me the city of elves where Elrond gives them food. He holds the map up to the moon, revealing moon letters on it that says to stand by a gray stone when a thrush knocks in order. What? When a thrush knocks in order to see a secret passage. They continued their journey, but are caught in another storm and seek shelter in a cave. Once inside, Gandalf appears again and the ponies are stolen by goblins. The ponies. Billy Blue and the dwarves try to save the ponies, but are also captured by the goblins. And the great goblin tries to eat Thorin for carrying Orchrist, the goblin cleaver, the troll's weapon he stole, but is killed by Gandalf. They continue through the cave, but 
Bilbo gets lost during the escape and falls into a hole. When yeah. Bilbo falls into that hole, I was like, come on. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> he like falls so high and far. <laughs> the way he falls is like, tw- there's a twist yes. too. Yeah. I'm like, he's getting, like, a, 10. Goodbye, he's getting a 10 out of 10. Babe. <laughs> that shit was cute. That shit was a tr- He it got was good cute. muscle control. It, to it twist an air like it's that? cute. It was cute. <laughs> oh my God. So Biblo wakes up in another cave where a dog frog like humanoid named Gollum. Love so it. I Best version of Gollum. I prefer it. this Gollum. This Gollum was almost cute. Yes, almost cute. And like, I, I got that he was like, tormented in a cave better than the other one. The other one was like scary. Yes. Um, Would you agree that the voice actor doing this um, was so committed? I felt like the Gollum character was like, oh, I was like, oh my God, he's really in pain. (laughs) Oh, totally. Yeah. (laughs) What you didn't know is during the recording, they were beating him. (laughs) (laughs) He was, boy, I have to say he was played by brother Theodore, which is just a great name. Oh my God. And the title card, it just said Theodore. So that's. It did. I was wondering, why is it Theodore? (laughs) I didn't know what that meant. Interesting. I'm looking that up. Yeah. Is brother Theodore a monk who left the. Man Coven? Wait, Covenant? Oh, he's a comedian. Okay, wait. It says Theodore Isidore. Theodore Isidore got... I thought I was having a problem. Theodore Isidore (laughs) got... I thought I was having a problem. (laughs) Known as Brother Theodore was a German-born American actor and comedian known for rambling stream-of-consciousness monologues, which he called stand-up tragedy. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Are you serious? He was a man described as Boris Karloff, surrealist Salvador Dali, Nijinsky, and Red Skelton simultaneously. So that sounds truly fascinating. And he was very committed, and he lived to be 94, which is wonderful. Wow. Wow. Honestly, too old. (laughs) I think I'm done at, like... No. Like 70? I'm looking at 110. <laughs> Lauren, that's too long. You've I just want to witness everything. it. I want to see what's going I don't want to miss anything. <laughs> oh, I don't want to miss anything. Oscar, how long do you want to live? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, question we ask. Uh, yeah, let's live until I uh, just uh, check everything off my bucket list, whatever that age is. Okay. Wait, do you have an actual bucket list? No, I don't. Okay, so then it could be really open-ended. Uh, the things on my bucket list is die another day (laughs) (laughs) lauren do you have a bucket list i don't but i mean i think i have i think like i just have the desire to like travel as many places as i can Mm -hmm. and like see as much and do as much and it's not really specific like i have to do this one thing or like skydive i really want to go to tokyo you have to you would love it so much i want to go so bad that's like the my biggest dream and i was supposed to go to tokyo in April of this year. That is Dang, not fair. That is not that fair at all. Sucks. It is so Ugh. fun. You both would have so much Ugh. fun. And the fashion I is so go fun. So like bad. Shopping is amazing. Mono went um, last uh, New Year's. And so she and I were going to tag along until we realized it's very hard to get to Tokyo from Ohio where we were because <laughs> I was doing shows. 
nobody routed anything in a nice way for us to get there. And I was like, yeah. I understand that, you know, it's going to take of, you a long time. <laughs> you know, not many people are leaving Cleveland to go to Tokyo. Uh, I have shit on Ohio at least three times in this podcast. I know it's really it's really interesting. You're really opposed to them today, but I like it. I don't know why. But after it's we realized how hard it was, we were like, I don't think we should go. I think we should wait till we can actually plan this out. That's smart. And now I'm kind of sad that I didn't go, but I went to Rome instead. Anywho. No, you've, you've done a lot of fun stuff, but it sucks. It sucks to be stuck in this point where we're like, oh wait, I thought everything would be available to me at all times. Mm -hmm. And now we're just going, oh, I cannot do anything I want to do. I'd like to go to a restaurant. And by the way, I drove through Pasadena yesterday and the restaurants were thriving. LA is back, baby. I was at Echo Park yesterday. Dodging people, not in masks. I feel like I was living in a dream. I was like, wait, I've been staying home. Am I nuts? Like all these people are out there. They were packed in. Yeah. It's like you feel insane for doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like a lunatic wearing my mask last (laughs) night when nobody else was wearing one. And I was like, well, I'll just stay away from these people. (laughs) I truly just don't want Corona. I don't want it. I don't want it. Really not asking for it. Sorry, not yeah. asking. I don't think my body would like it. I don't, I don't handle I things don't, well. I don't think anyone should get that. I especially from right? doing something as ridiculous as going to like a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, why don't restaurants? Okay, if I had a restaurant, I would invest in shields to give to patrons. Yes, and be like, here, you fucking Windex it, you clean it off, uh, you have to wear one when you speak to a server because I think it's so wild that these servers are. Full like head to toe in PPE, and people are just free balling it, being like, "I want a taco," and it's like, I agree. And also, like, how do you even use a fork there without being like, "I just got COVID"? Like, I'm like, I can't (laughs) use someone else's fork right now. Yeah, and I'm like, uh, well, some restaurants have like plastic utensils, but I'm Mm. like, at that point, take it the fuck home. I know (laughs) you don't need to be outside. No, just sit outside on the ground anywhere and eat it. Yeah, truly anywhere. So, okay, back to The Hobbit. Yes. Uh, So Gollum lives in an underground lake. After finding a golden ring on the ground, Biblo is challenged to a riddle contest by Gollum. I liked this. If Biblo wins, Mm -hmm. Gollum shows him the way out. If Gollum wins, he gets to eat Biblo. Gotta say, pretty uneven. (laughs) After a few riddles. Pretty confident, though, of Bilbo to be like, sure, I'll take that. Yeah, sure, eat me. (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) Bibble asks uh, what he has in his pocket. Gollum is unable to answer and loses, but first decides to show Biblo his ring only to find it missing. By the time he returns, Biblo puts the ring on and turns invisible. Gollum thinks Biblo knows the way out and goes to head him off. Biblo follows him and runs past him out of the cave and he has the chance to kill him, but he doesn't do it. And after rejoining Gandalf and the dwarves, Bilbo continues his journey with them only to run into goblins and wargs. They are chased up a tree and the goblins set the trees on fire, but eagles rescue them. And I was happy to see the eagles. Me too. The Lord of the the Eagles Eagles did so because Gandalf healed him from an arrow wound a long time ago. The eagles take them to the edge of Mirkwood and it is here that Gandalf leaves them, leaving Bilbo in charge and instructing him to write a log. Bibble and the dwarves are captured by spiders. Don't like the spiders. I love the spiders. No. I'm not but, here but for it. But the spider it. in the movie is so scary looking and gross. Yes. That it made me think of that. And then I felt really grossed out by the spiders area. Yeah. But these spiders have bunny ears. 
These spiders aren't as scary as the live action spiders, <laughs> they were but I so didn't cute. appreciate them. Oh, I love them. They felt like girlfriends <laughs> just hanging out. Girlfriends <laughs> just hanging out. Ooh, we just spiders, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so Biblo escapes by killing a spider with his sword and naming his sword Sting. I missed that part. They really he do f- have a Bugs Bunny vibe. Kind of. They look like they Angry do. Bugs Bunny. I'm going to send you this picture. Okay. <laughs> He finds the dwarves and cuts them. Uh, he cuts them free, killing the spider with a rock. And then they run from the spiders. Biblo stays behind, puts the ring on, and fights them spiders, which are forced to retreat. Then Biblo finds the dwarves, and they're captured by wood elves. The elven king orders them uh, locked away because, out of greed for the treasure, he won't tell them why they're in the forest. And Bilbo figures a way out using his ring. He steals a key from a drunken guard to get them out of their prison cells and has them hide in empty barrels with him riding on top of one along the river out of Markwood and toward Lake Town, where Thorin introduces himself as the grandson of the king under the mountain. Bard, the guardsman, and his men give them food and they continue toward the Lonely Mountain. The only thing I liked better in the live action movies was the barrels. Yeah, it was it was more exciting. I did like the barrels part in the movie, in the live action. But they don't now. sing in the live action. No. The animated, you get a nice little bop. You're right. <laughs> and then nice you got and you got Bilbo just hugging that barrel. Why didn't he put himself in the barrel? <laughs> the songs carried me through for sure. Yes, I like the songs. So Bilbo finds the secret door while the thrush from earlier knocks on the hard. Wait, what is a thrush? It's that bird. Oh. Because there's also like a thrush you can get in your lady bits. You can also get it in your mouth. Wait, what? Oh. <laughs> Please define thrush. I've never had it, but I'm just telling you. Um, I think it's like a rash. Yeah, I think it's just a little rashy poo. Oh. Dare I image search? I just searched thrush image search. Oh, oh no, I don't think that was no, the right move. Lauren. Oh. Lauren, no, no, look away. Oh, no. <laughs> It was scarier than everything in the movies combined. <laughs> so Thorin unlocks it with a key. Biblo enters to steal treasure from Smaug and puts the ring on to avoid being seen. He speaks in riddles to him and observes that he has a weakness, a tiny unprotected spot on his chest just below the, uh, his neck. Biblo takes off the ring before he leaves, taking a gold cup with him, and Smaug breathes fire at him. He believes Bilbo to be from Lake Town and goes there to destroy it in revenge. See, I did not understand that in the live action movie. Uh-huh. But now I fucking understand why Smaug goes to Lake Town. I didn't either. Like, why did he go to that one place? They did not. See, and this is what's so crazy, Oscar. Like, they put the Smaug thing, like, where they find him at the end, and then he flies off of the at the end of one movie, and you're like, oh, no, he's going to go ruin something. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and burns this whole town down, and everyone's, like, you know, drowning and stuff. And we don't really know why. It was kind of just yeah, like he, was, no he got idea. pissed. That's so that, like, weird. That's so weird, because yeah. they make yes. a, they make such a good job explaining it, but they have less time to explain everything. How are they doing yeah, a better job than the live action? so wild. But, Nicole, in a sense, it is kind of good that we watched in the order we did, because I feel like we then have a fair assessment of whether it makes sense. Because we're, like, new yes. and going, like, uh, I didn't get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the same stone-knocking thrush, uh, the same... Wait, wait, am I okay? The same stone-knocking thrush at Bilbo's command tells Bard of Smaug's weakness. Yeah, that was just a weird sentence for me. It doesn't, no one's ever said the same same stone-knocking thrush. No one's ever said that. That's a, not a phrase. You don't want to get it confused with another 
thrush. Another thrush. So it's the thrush that <laughs> knocked on the stone. It's a stone-knocking thrush. Right. There you and go. Bard shoots Smaug with his black arrow, Back. killing him and saving Lake Town in the process. Bard leads an army of men to the Lonely Mountain to inform Blibblo and the... <laughs> 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 and the dwarves that Smaug is gone and that he has been made king and requests a share of the treasure to help rebuild Lake Town. Bilbo's willing, but Thorin refuses. The elven king and his army arrive also with the intent of getting treasure and a three-way war is declared between war dwarves, elves, and men. And as the three armies meet up to battle, Gandhi appears and tells them that an army of goblins is coming. Thorin, Bard, and the Elven King join forces to fight the goblins. However, they're at a disadvantage until the eagles show up, making it a battle of the five armies. All the goblins are defeated with their combined forces. But this shit is funny, though, because Bilbo's being like, that's one army, two armies, three armies, four armies. It's funny. That part was, that made me laugh. Um, Thorin is mortally wounded and dies of his industry, but... uh, Parts with what injuries? <laughs> oh, he dies of his industry of fighting wars, <laughs> but parts with Biblo and friendship <laughs> injuries. <laughs> and with two bags of gold as his share of the treasure, Bilbo goes back to the Shire with Gandalf, who says that this was only the beginning. The movie ends with the ring placed in a glass case on Bilbo's mantle and Bilbo's promise to publish his story, which he believes has come to its end, despite Gandalf's beliefs otherwise. We did do it. And I will say another thing I liked more in the live action movies was when Thorin uh, dies. Like I or yeah, I liked when he was fighting on the ice like that was all fun. You know what I love more than anything is that our producers like put together a character list for every movie and they literally put every cartoon character in a box and gave them their name. And I just think that's really nice. Oh. <laughs> yep. Yep. We got Biblo Baggins, Smaug. I got, I got Biffer. I got Bofer. <laughs> uh, Bomber. <laughs> Fifi. Oh, oh. Feely and Kili. Nori. Oin and Gloin. Bori and Nori. <laughs> Ballin. Bard. It is funny. Dory. You know. It is funny. It's There's great. so many of them, and it's impossible to know all of their names. I mean, a lot of them rhyme. Ori, gory, blory, dory, dory, boy, boy. Uh, I gotta say, I did not like this movie, but I've enjoyed talking about this movie, which is a thing that keeps <laughs> happening to me. Totally. Mm. I like talking about it, too. And mm-hmm. it is by far the shortest film we've seen at only 78, 77 minutes. Um Oscar, do you think the tight runtime works to the film's benefit and that more time would bring diminishing returns or would you prefer the story to be expanded more since you like it? I think it's perfect in terms of the explanation of things because they're really good at explaining what's going on. Not only are they like fast, but they're like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is happening this and here's who you need to know and then we're going to fast forward the drawback is that the fun action sequences sort mm-hmm. of s- suffer. Right. You don't get to live in them. Like, because I assume that you have like beautiful freaking set pieces in the live action movie and they take like a good hour yeah. and a half to do like a battle. Right. Yeah. Whereas this one is. Yeah. It was truly like 10 minutes to be like, oh, I, I wish I could have <laughs> seen of some fighting. Like no one gets killed. Like <laughs> the people who quote unquote get killed. Mm-hmm. It's just a flash of light. And that's it. You know, you're just yeah. like, OK, they'll. 
that was fun, I guess. But in terms of plot, it's great. Do you feel like kids would like this now? Or do you feel like, like if you saw, like I, I'm, I was wondering, like watching this, if kids would be bored because it really feels like the mm-hmm. kind of thing that would be put on at your grandma's house. Like, <laughs> like here, she has her VHS for you. Like you have like the one thing you can watch. And you're like, oh yeah, we always watch that <laughs> here or whatever. And like, <laughs> you're just glad you have like one tape or whatever. I think younger kids would appreciate it. I think the older kids would be like, ugh, we got to watch The Hobbit again at grandma's. Wait, I know exactly what you're talking about. What is the movie <laughs> yeah. at your like aunt's or your grandma's house that you had to watch because they didn't have any VHS tapes? We had, well, I remember board games that she had and we had this Alvin and the Chipmunks board game that we would play all the time. And I don't really remember what it entailed, but there were apples involved. And also I would sit on the edge of her bed and watch Golden Girls. I love that. That's cute. Oh, that's not Um, bad. Which was good. That's a good one. And then, but if the TV room was open to watch something, I remember Mm. watching Heathcliff. I love Saturday morning cartoons, but Mm. she, I don't recall her having any actual Mm. tapes and she may not have had a VHS player. Wow. <laughs> which we call the VCR. <laughs> <laughs> which we call the VCR. We were fancy if you ever heard of it. <laughs> that would be the name of that. My aunt had three VHSs. She would like watch us after church. She had Ghost. <laughs> she had Sister Act and In the Heat of the <gasps> Night. And oh, wait, those what? are good. <laughs> They are good. And I didn't like In the Heat of the Night. So I only watched half of it. And then we just, I watch Ghost almost every Sunday because I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. They are my favorite Isn't movies. Isn't that one of your favorite movies? I mean, those, I, I was yeah. going to say, Nicole, yes. the, those yeah. are like formative movies for yes. you. Yes. And I, I have my Aunt Bertha to thank. That's huge. Oh mm-hmm. my God. That's I incredible. Love that. <gasps> oh. What about you, Oscar? Well, was my, there a movie? My, my grandma didn't have a VCR. Um, but she was very particular of what TV shows we watched, and we would watch oh. Baywatch Nights <laughs> and Watch uh, The Hitchhiker with and uh, what's The Hitchhiker? Oh my! Well, The Hitchhiker was a show starring Antonio Savato Jr. I want to say his oh. name, and mm-hmm. he just goes from town to town hitchhiking and getting into. He's like this <laughs> rebel. I don't. I don't remember. It was just like violent '90s crap TV. Oh, and a show called. I believe it's called Models Inc. Yes. That sounds vaguely the, familiar. Yes, there's a show called Models Inc. that I also watched for a little bit. Yeah. Yes. It was just Oh garbage. my God, I just looked it up. It was a spinoff yeah. of Melrose Place. Yes. Oh, what? Mm-hmm. I feel like I want to binge <laughs> oh, the whole what? thing. <laughs> Maybe we should watch Melrose Place next. <gasps> oh my God, yes. Can I we think do that, something like something that? Something fun. <laughs> <laughs> something fun for a change. I mean, it's been hard. <laughs> I mean, wow, we're always we're but we're having fun. We but are having fun. <laughs> um so okay, so now that we know there are more animated films. We do. I mean, okay, they include story beats ranging from the fellowship all the way through the return of the king. We have a lot ahead of us. Um, Oscar, do you have any words of encouragement or warnings as we continue this journey? I mean, we need any encouragement we can get. Yeah, tell us something good. So like with the animated ones, the um Lord of the Rings, the first one, the animation style is really interesting because oh, no. the motion. The, <laughs> I think they do oh, some no. like motion capture, like they like draw over live action. It's like very weird and it's just it's oh, very weird. No. And then the second one feels like a return to form of The Hobbit where it's a little more like cartoonish. And then the third okay. one, they're like, OK, let's just like keep the style of The Hobbit 
and keep it that way. But the first one is a, it's a bit experimental, if you will. Okay. Okay. Now, this movie actually won, like, in, okay, in 1978, Robert Mueller, the writer, won a Peabody Award for his tele- wow. teleplay of The Hobbit, which is amazing. And the film was nominated for the Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation, but lost to Star Wars. Oh, mm. wow. wow. Interesting. Now, here's some reviews of this. So, John J. O'Connor wrote in the New York Times that Rankin and Bass Bass Productions have now carefully translated The Hobbit into film. The result is curiously eclectic, but filled with nicely effective moments. The drawings frequently suggest strong resemblances to non-Tolkien characters. The goblins could have stepped out of the out of a Maurice Sendak book, author of Where the Wild Things Are. But the dragon and Gollum bring some clever original touches. Whatever its flaws, this television version of The Hobbit warrants attention. Okay, John. God, he really liked it. I mean, come in. (laughs) Criticism primarily focused on the adaptation issues, including the unfamiliar style of artwork used by the Japanese-American co-production team, whereas some Tolkien fans questioned the appropriateness of repackaging repackaging the material as a family film for a very young audience. Mm. Oh, I thought it was for kids. Me too. No, but they're saying they thought that was inappropriate to do that. Yeah, like Lord of the Rings, like Hobbits shouldn't be for kids. And how dare they make this movie for kids? Like, why did you do this? I see, I see, I see. Douglas A. Anderson, a Tolkien scholar, called the adaptation ex... Wow, okay, I guess he got a big word in here. Hold on. (laughs) Excrable. Excrable, extremely bad or unpleasant in his own introduction (sighs) to the annotated Hobbit, an edition of the book, which included commentary, although he did not elaborate. And a few critics said it was confusing for those not already familiar with the plot. Mm, well, I wonder Dang. if we would have found it confusing because we found it very simplified, but we know so much now. Yes. Critic Tom Kiong. Ki- I don't know. <laughs> Ki- Kiong. I don't know how to say that. Kiong. Kia- I think you were right the first time. <laughs> Praise the adaptation as excellent, saying that the work received uh, big points for being faithful to Tolkien's story <laughs> and that the vocal cast can't be improved upon. I did like it. I thought the cast was very good. I thought so as the well. The voices were great. Um, they fit. Di- they were. Director Arthur Rankin Jr. was proud of The Hobbit, and in an interview in 2003, he described it as a good film, stating <laughs> that the simplicity of the story made it easy to adapt to the screen. <laughs> These reviews are hilarious. Excrement. Excellent. Good film. <laughs> That was a very that'll do pig moment right there. Yes, that'll do. (laughs) Rotten Tomatoes gives the film a score of 67% based on reviews from 15 critics. Oh, (laughs) Well, let's jump. I feel like that's low considering how much everyone loves it. But let's jump into some trivia here. Trivia. And there are no female characters depicted anywhere in the film except Mm. for the spiders, which are female or voiced by females. Even the crowd scene in Lake Town consisted entirely of men. How wild. Interesting. Wow. It's so nuts. These are extremely masculine um, leaning stories. Yeah. I wonder if Tolkien somewhere in like hidden scrolls was like, no women. I'm sure there's something to that. I mean, they had to like invent a woman character in the live action movies. Yes. Right. Like they completely invented her character. Yeah, that's true. In the book, Biblo is knocked unconscious by a falling rock during the Battle of the Five Armies. In the movie, perhaps due to an anti-war basis at the time of filming, Biblo states he simply doesn't understand war and then hides behind a stone, using the ring to become invisible, watching the entire battle. When asked about his whereabouts, Biblo lies and said he had a bump to the head and was out for hours. I love that. Mm-hmm. The Arkenstone, an heirloom of Thorin's dynasty and the most important treasure that he wishes to recover, 
isn't included in this film. So neither ah. is the surrounding storyline of Bilbo stealing the Arkenstone and giving it to the elves. The friction between the two in the movie is instead explained as Thorin's irritation at Bilbo's lack of understanding of war. Yes, now it's coming to me that there was no Arkenstone. Right. So maybe the smog thing is a little different because of all that. Oh, maybe. Huh. I don't know. Well, Gandhi says at the end that members of Bibla's family not yet born may one day understand the ring and that the story is not really ending, but just the beginning. These lines were not in the book, nor was there any indication that there would be <laughs> any more to the ring than mere invisibility at the time the original book was written. There was no connection uh, to the Hobbit with the Similarin ooh, and the Lord of the Rings, which hadn't been written yet. However, in 1977, it was well known that the ring Biblo found and the events he participated in were a prelude to a much larger story. What mm. is the Sim Similarion? Similarion? It's, a, it's another Lord of the Rings book. It's like a spinoff, oh, if no. you will. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> this goes deep. <laughs> oh, God. We don't even know. The <sighs> cell animation was done by the Japanese studio Topcraft, which was formed in 1972 as an offshoot of toy animation, what? which did Dragon Ball, Sailor Moon. I love Dragon oh Ball Z. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Is that's Dragon insane. Ball different than Dragon Ball Z? No, I assume that's the same it's thing. It's sort of like the prequel to Dragon Ball Z. Oh, Oh, okay. it was called you... Dragon Ball? Yeah. I didn't realize that there I didn't was... Know Nickname. So Dragon Ball is based on the Chinese folktale of the monkey. Um, and then Dragon Ball Z is sort of like the company, like really taking liberties with that story. Oh, oh cool. yeah. I didn't know. I like Dragon Ball Z and I love Sailor Moon. Oh, hmm. Classics. But Many. I only like the bad Sailor Moon. So people don't like the English dubbed version where Luna is English. And I love you that. Do? And I, yes. Yes. And, <laughs> That's what I grew up with. And that's what like I love. And I know it's fully whitewashed and they spin it to like have after school special lessons at the yes. end. And I love it. <laughs> that's cute. And it's not available anywhere. <laughs> I guess really? people tried to bury it. Damn. Yeah. People have, people do not like it. So many top craft staffers, including the studio's founder, Toru Hara, would go on to join Studio Ghibli and work. Is it Ghibli or Ghibli? Uh, Ghibli, I, I believe. I looked this Ghibli. up and I forget. Okay, and work on Hayao Miyazaki's feature films. So that's cool. Wow, These people all went cool. on to cool stuff. Uh huh. The Wood Elves, including the Elf King, Elven King Tharandu, are rendered as squat, ugly, and gray skinned, unlike elves described in Tolkien's works. Mm, yeah, you're right. Mm. They had a well, they had a halo in the cartoon. Yes, looking like Jesus. <laughs> well i feel like we're coming to the end we got we, we got all the it. info we could possibly squeeze out of it i feel yeah I um think and so. a good amount of time spent talking about emily in paris and i think that really <laughs> is a well-rounded episode everyone watch emily in paris <laughs> that's the moral People here turn off this episode because you're like it's a hard turn into Emily in Paris, and I don't know if they ever talk about The Hobbit. Yeah, we thought The Hobbit was a hard turn, and they're thinking Emily in Paris is a hard turn. <laughs> well, we got a review in our Battle of the Five Stars segment, and it comes from actor Chuck on Apple Podcasts, and the subject line is, this podcast is better than the movies. Skip the movies. Wow. wow I love this bold statement. That's funny. Nicole and Lauren, thank you so much for your heroic journey into the most boring journey ever. These movies are awful and long. Hey, he said it, not me. 
Yeah, we're not saying that. <laughs> this is actor Chuck. These movies are awful and long. I almost divorced my husband over the course of the 127 hours it takes to finish them. He loves Star Wars and LOTR, so he had a wicked nerd boner when he both announced this <laughs> season, but I'm losing my mind <laughs> watching these films. Your podcast brings light and joy to my now tired and burdened soul. These <laughs> movies are longer than COVID quarantine. <laughs> Don't watch them. Just listen to this miraculous podcast and thank me later. Thank you, actor Chuck, and I didn't mean to assign you a gender. That's incredible. That was I great. Love that. <laughs> I love that. I love actor chuck that's such a funny review oscar do you have anything you want to play uh no just like uh uh inside the disney vault uh please uh listen to it it's really it's really fun it's a really fun podcast um and i did an episode you did and it was so fun what movie did you do we did the little mermaid right oh, so we good. did the li- no we what did we do no we didn't <laughs> Nicole, <your> what <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> no, we talked about, I think we just talked about relationships. Oh, uh, yeah. And we talked about BD. We talked about a bunch of those. Little Mermaid, we Beauty did, and the Beast. But okay. Yeah, Disney relationships. I found it here. <laughs> so, but you probably talked about the Little Mermaid. Yes, like yes, yes, sure. Because yes. yes. we saw that yes. insane scene from the live action Beauty and the Beast. Oh, it's my See. favorite thing. <laughs> Which one? Lauren, there is a I've part where Stanley Tucci, I believe the direction was, Stanley, can you give us a little bit more um, expression on your face? And he was like, I've been here for 10 hours. I'll give you all the expression you want. <laughs> so it's a very quick cut of him being like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. His oh, my face. God. <laughs> it's so funny. And, he's, and it's half a second. And that's I caught hilarious. it and I was like, oh! it made me laugh so hard. That is fucking hilarious. I love when you can see, like, you can read into, like, what's going on with the actor during mm-hmm. something. Like, okay, he's had a long day. Um, he's having a little fun now. That's so good. <laughs> um, well, Oscar, where can people find you on Twitter and Instagram? You can follow me at Ozymo, O-Z-Z-Y-M-O, on Twitter and Instagram. Great. Well, Nicole, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, I have a Patreon where I talk about 90 Day Fiance and vote. Drop it off in those boxes. If you want to vote in person, do it. Wear a mask. Uh, Bring a chair. You might be there a while. (laughs) Bring a pizza. Um, Yeah, bring pizza. Uh, Make a new friend. And then after the election, we're not done. We still have to, like, keep these people to task if we elect a new administration. Um, Also, pay attention to, like, the local people who are running and... Uh, look as to why, you know, certain big people are endorsing like the little guy who you're like, does this even matter? You know, just like do the research. That's such a good point, because I feel like sometimes I'm like, I trust that person. And then I just like take whatever they say. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of. But then when like Hillary, Hillary Clinton, like endorsed someone running in like a Cal- the California election or the L.A. election or whatever. And I was like, why? And then I did a little bit of research and I was like, eh, they're not for me. I don't think they're the best choice. And mm, interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's very smart. It's annoying. But do the research. I like. Knock LA, if you're in Los Angeles, has a pretty good progressive voter guide if you're voting mm-hmm. progressive. And lesser of two evils um, if you're into progressive. Yeah. Bel- um, uh, Black Lives LA also has a guide. Um, and the LA podcast also um, delves yeah. into a lot of the props. Um, but beyond LA, we can't help you. Yeah, so- sorry about it. <laughs> um, and I will also. Lauren, what plug- do you want to promote? Uh, well, I don't even need to wait for you. I will plug my Patreon. <laughs> Um, 
Follow my Patreon. I did a whole series on the, I had a whole podcast series on the Babysitters Club series on Netflix, which I was really fun, and I had a lot of fun guests. And I'm doing improv and watch alongs. I did a watch along for the Witches, the old movie. I'm going to do one for the new one that's coming to HBO Max. Nice. Ooh, the new one looks wild. It looks good. And I also just had Megan Stalter on to do some improv, and she is hilarious. Love her. And check it out. And of course, I also agree. We all must vote. It is very important for everyone. And it feels good. It feels really good. Like, I think when Mm -hmm. I was younger, I didn't fully understand how important it was or how good it feels to do it. And I mean, I did it, but I'd be like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, it's Mm -hmm. like you just kind of can go like or put it off or not really think about it and just kind of not look in, not Mm -hmm. do your research. I think when you're younger... Uh, maybe not uh, not to not to be ageist about it i'm saying i was like that when i was younger i just wouldn't research i don't I'm think like, it's ageist i didn't do research until this year last year i was just like democratic yeah. or not last year well there was the well the primaries <laughs> well, there, there was, was, there was, there was, was exactly. primaries. Yeah. Fucking yeah. i was like last year yeah but i was just like democratic damn it take it but it's like well, which Democrats right. are the ones who have my mm-hmm. best interest? Because it's not the whole party. And when you really, yes, because when you really start looking at all of those details, like you learn so much. And I think a lot of times, one thing I'm really seeing this, especially now with social media, I think things can get really muddy and you start to go like, oh, I've heard about this prop mm-hmm. enough times. I'll vote this way because I saw that. And then you find out, oh no, wait, that's like a corporation telling me to do that. That's not really yes. what the people would want. Like Lyft and Uber, they have spent oh, yeah. a ton exactly. of money. Exactly thinking of trying to get this prop to pass and it's like well if they're spending this amount of money that means if it passes they're gonna save more than they put in in the long run it's so fucked Mm -hmm. up also the propositions are written like do you want this not to happen because everything happens for no reason do you want and you're like wait (laughs) what i know it's truly so confusing it's like do you like when bad things don't happen to bad people but good things don't either you know it's like you get by the end you're like yes and you're like wait i don't know what i'm answering um that's why you need those guides like that's why it's so important to have it like like, broken down research and like exactly because listen yeah even smart people can get confused with uh, voting and election stuff you know so it's not like you lost by doing Mm -hmm. research no and i think they make the ballots a little confusing Mm -hmm. like with the mail in like i feel like i was like following the directions like really closely but i still was like oh did i do that wrong like it's really tough they do it because it's like a form of suppression to be like Oh, oh, you yeah. fucked this up. You didn't put in the right envelope. So that vote doesn't count. Mm-hmm. And then like the whole, if you take a selfie with the ballot, that's like illegal. And I'm like, there are unsolved murders, but you're going to like track down someone who took a selfie with the ballot. I mean, well, didn't you, I think you tweeted it, Nicole, that like voting should be, um, everyone should be automatically registered Yes, and that you should have, voting should be like a, something everyone has to do. Like, yes. I feel like it should just be like a, thing where like it's given to everyone you everyone's registered automatically why should i not why should i have to yes. check it every year it doesn't it's make any sense like we automatically have to pay taxes correct why? right like you find me correct and like <laughs> people i think have to volunteer to work at polling places they do and yeah. during tax season they hire more people so you can get your taxes in on time because they want your money they don't want your vote, mm. which is why you have volunteers at polling places as opposed to like wow. government spending money to in like uh, ensure that everyone can vote in a timely manner. It's like yeah. really insane. And I don't know if that's ever yeah. going to change, I, but I hope it does. It's really wild. I know this will be a big turning point, I feel like. It does feel like that. And it feels like because of the pandemic with like so many more people voting with the ballot boxes mm-hmm. or by mail, like it it might. I mean, I would hope that people would think more about this stuff mm-hmm. and 
But I mean, you know, that's part of the problem is that it feels like the, that the people that we're looking at and talking about for all of these things, like they're not really thinking about changing stuff on a huge level mm-hmm. like that. Like you, like that's like a huge change to like the entire system. And we're just trying to chip away at like really fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> but what are you gonna do? So we'll find out soon enough what happens. <laughs> uh, we'll have a new president or the same one. Who knows? Ah, okay, we don't know. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. <laughs> was a HeadGum original.